Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. How is everybody? Come on, let's put our hands together and honour the Lord in this place. He deserves it. All right, stay standing for just a moment. We want to welcome you to Vision Sunday. So for the next four Sundays, we have Vision Month. Yesterday, we had Vision Summit, and it was an amazing time. And you say, what's Vision Sunday? What's Vision Summit or Vision Month about? It's all about leaning in and hearing what is on God's heart for our future. And uh, you're a part of that. We're all a part of that together at every location, wherever Numa Church is. This weekend, this Sunday, we have Vision Sunday. So um, why don't we just pray together as we get into the Word. Father, we thank You so much that You're a God who prophesies and speaks into our future. And Father, we just come, O God, with an open heart and open ears to hear what Your Spirit wants to say to us. God, come, lead us, guide us. We want to go where You are going. We don't want You to bless what we're doing. We want to be a part of what You're blessing. And so, Father, I pray today where our thoughts are not your thoughts and our ways are not your ways, Lord, bring us into alignment with your thoughts, your intentions, your purposes and your ways for our lives. I thank you for every single person that's here today, that is planted in this house, that calls Numa Church home, that there is an open heaven over every single one of their lives, that there's blessing and favour, O God, over every single one of our lives as we follow Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, that natural circumstances, difficulties, challenges and impossibilities cannot stop the purposes of God for our lives. And Father, I pray that the gift of faith, O God, would be imparted, O God, in this moment as Your Word goes forth, that Lord, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Help us to see what You see, to hear what You are speaking and to, Lord, partner with Your purpose for our church. We honour you, we love you, we commit this to you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Why don't you take a seat, hopefully on the way into the auditorium today. Uh, And by the way, it's so good to see so many of you back uh, after last week. I tell you, if there's one thing that this season has taught us, it's to be flexible, it's to be nimble and adaptable. And uh, I just credit to every single one of you uh, who are here today after last weekend's lockdown, and I'm just praying that we're going to have a good string of weekends without any interruption in Jesus' name, and uh, let's be praying about that and committing uh, that daily, but hopefully that you, when you came in today, got a vision booklet uh, outlining uh, just some of our values and important information regarding our vision statement. We want to articulate that today, as well as... um, where we're heading when it comes to Disciple the Nations, our global mission ministry. Uh, I will refer back to that towards the end of our time together. But why don't you go with me to Acts chapter 16, verse 6. I'm going to begin reading. It's about Paul's encounter with the Holy Spirit and the vision that God gave him. Let's read in verse 6. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus 
not the devil, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we, Dr. Luke, who's the author of Acts, he says, we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. A rather fascinating passage of Scripture and to sort of understand the dynamics of this passage, I want to share with you a brief story, true story about a young man by the name of Patrick. Patrick grew up living a privileged life of aristocracy in Roman Britain. And Patrick's father was a magistrate and a church leader. And when Patrick was to grow up, he would inherit his father's role uh, because of the culture and time that he was living in, as well as inherit his parents' estate because they belonged to Roman nobility. Everything changed in 405 AD. Irish raiders seized Patrick and sold him into slavery to barbarians for six long years. And so living in Ireland in isolation, hunger and cold actually brought misery to Patrick, but also humility towards God. His heart was softened and broken for the things of God. And so over time, whilst nothing changed externally because of his new faith in Christ, something changed in his heart. He was transformed from a slave to a son of God. And one night, God spoke by his spirit to Patrick in a dream about a boat that was waiting to take him home to be with his family. The only problem is this boat was 200 miles away. And when Patrick woke up from the dream, he actually escaped the slavery of the barbarians and he traveled by foot 200 miles away and he boarded this boat back home to his family. After normal life had resumed uh, and all the comforts and conveniences of that, he began to uh, uh, really sense that God was calling him to something greater than his um, current existence. And one night, God gave him a dream. Patrick woke up to the voices of people in Ireland uh, begging him, crying out to him to come back and to help them and preach the gospel to them. And so Patrick's plans for his life changed and he answered God's call to go back and minister to the very people that had enslaved him years before. And by the time of Patrick's death, not only was there a great awakening across Ireland, but literally hundreds of monasteries, churches and schools had been established with literally thousands of pastors and leaders being trained, equipped and sent out right across the globe to advance God's kingdom. And so to this day, St. Patrick's Day is celebrated around the world in memory of his life and legacy. It's a fascinating story. And as I think about St. Patrick's life, I think it intersects with the reality of what we're seeing here in the Apostle Paul's life, but also there are often parallels to the interruption of plans in Patrick's life to our own lives. Often our plans for our future aren't always God's vision for our lives. Acts 16 tells us that Timothy, Paul and Silas were traveling northwest from a town by the name of Antioch through city after city. And common sense would tell you that if they're called to preach the gospel, if they're called to go and make disciples of all nations, that as they go through each 
town, they should be preaching the gospel, doing what Jesus had commissioned them to do many years ago. The Great Commission was given to everyone, going to all the world, make disciples of all nations. Mark 16 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So here's the Apostle Paul with his ministry team. If we're going through city after city, why not preach the gospel, plant churches, make disciples? But instead, the Holy Spirit leads them on a 644-kilometer journey by foot to a town by the name of Troas to receive God's vision for their lives. God shut every door of ministry along the journey so that they would walk through the open door that God had for them in their ministry and in their life. I remember growing up as an adolescent, training for years as an athlete, trying to secure a contract with a sponsor so I could pursue my dream of being a professional athlete. I had a coach from Germany and I was training three, four hours a day, competing at a high level in athletics. But it seemed like no matter how hard I trained or tried, that door would not open. I remember the best that I got was a T-shirt and a hat from Puma and that necessarily wasn't going to sustain things. And so I began to ask God a few questions about where on earth was I heading in this. And yet for years, God had been calling me to preach the word of God and to lead in the church. And like Jonah, I ran away from that as fast as I could. But when I finally answered the call of God and walked through that door, opportunity after opportunity, blessing after blessing, invitation after invitation. I remember the first time I preached in a church that had invited me, the pastor walked up to me afterwards and gave me an honorarium for $150. I thought that was like $150,000. And I'm like, for years I've been trying to break through. No one's paid me a cent to run. But the moment I open my mouth and preach the gospel, God just starts raining blessing from heaven. In fact, I should have framed that check and just as, you know, to point to the faithfulness of God. But let me tell you something, not every door that's closed to you right now is from the devil. Could it be that God has closed some doors in your life because there is a vision that he's got for your future. There is a purpose. There is a door that is coming open to you that he wants you to walk through. My life plan didn't include preaching, planning a church, traveling the world as an itinerant speaker, or definitely not in my plan leading Numa Church, and yet that was God's plan for our lives. Proverbs 16, 9 says, the heart of man plans his way, but it's the Lord who orders his steps. I take great courage and confidence, even in the midst of what's happening around us in the world right now, that whilst man may plan the course of our lives or, and affect our lives, the sovereignty of God will always order our steps. You've got to take courage today that you serve a God who loves you enough to shut a door because he's got a better door in mind for you. God knows better for you than you know for you. And so often we're wanting God to bless what we're doing rather than getting into agreement with what God is doing for our lives. And when we get into agreement with what God wants to do, that's where the blessing and favor and opportunity come. It doesn't mean it's not without challenges. It doesn't mean it's not without some suffering. But I tell you, I'd rather be suffering in the center of God's will than suffering outside of God's will because I know who is in the boat with me. And when you have God in your boat, everything changes. You see, the most potent weapon for shaping the future is a God-given vision. What's vision? Vision is a clear and compelling God-given picture of a preferable future. 
In Hebrew, the idea of vision is something to gaze at. In the Greek understanding of vision, it's a mark on which to fix the eyes. Having a vision is to have a view over and above the obstacles and the challenges that may come your way. I love the idea of vision because it's the energy that creates action. It's the fire that ignites passion. It's the call that sustains sacrifice. And the Bible from Genesis to Revelation gives us insights into the power of vision, particularly Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no prophetic revelation or vision, people cast off restraint. I personally love my paraphrase of that, where there's no vision, you're stuffed. And that's in the original Hebrew. And so, you know, that was a joke. And so you see that without a God-given dream for your life, you will cast off restraint and you're destined to repeat your past. There's a reason why your rearview mirror is smaller than your front windscreen because where you're going is more important than where you've been. And it's okay every now and then to check in the rearview mirror about what God has done. Praise God for what He has done and how He has moved in our past and in your past. But let me tell you something, He builds from glory to glory. He builds from generation to generation. Where he's taking you is more dynamic and exciting than where you've been. Why? Because he's always up to something new in your life. He wants you to receive a new word today for your life, a new purpose, a new understanding, a new idea of how he wants to use you. Don't believe the lies of the devil that you're destined to repeat the problems of your past over and over again. No, he leads us in triumphant procession. He takes us from glory to glory. He is the God of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob and every generation after Abraham built upon the one before. Jacob's generation was better than Isaac and Isaac's generation was better than Abraham and what Joseph did in his generation was greater than Jacob and what Israel accomplished in the power of the Holy Spirit was greater than all of those who have gone before. So we need to understand that where we're going is more glorious than where we've been because you read the end of the book, we end up in it eternity in the presence of God with every nation, every tribe, every tongue, worshipping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You see, when God appoints a leader to a ministry, when God calls someone to start a business, when God calls a, a, a mum and dad to start a family, he also anoints them with a vision to fulfill. This is what happens in this encounter with Paul and the Holy Spirit. Bible says a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. For those of you familiar with the biblical story, you'll know that whenever God was wanting to do something new in the earth, he would not consult a committee. He would look for an individual. He would call an individual. He would come to a Gideon and say, oh, mighty man of valor, I've called you to do something that you don't believe you can do, but I am going to do it through you. He'd come to a Moses and he'd say, I want you to be a deliverer of my people. And I know you've got all the excuses and reasons why you can't, but I've called you and I've anointed you and I'm giving you a vision. Throughout history, God comes to individuals. And I believe the Spirit of God wants to come to you today. The Spirit of God wants to knock on the door of your heart 
and say, open up that door. I wanna come in and I wanna give you a purpose and a destiny and a vision for your life that's greater than what the media says, that's greater than what even those around you say. It's what your creator says about you. And so God never approached a, a committee or a group to work out do we or don't we do what God wants to do? No, God always looked for an individual. And when God wanted the gospel to go into Macedonia, he looked for an apostle Paul. And out of the overflow of intimacy with God, there was a creative transfer. It's a very holy, spiritual and sacred thing. From the Holy Spirit to Paul's spirit. And Paul saw the vision. And when the team realized the apostles seen the vision, Everyone said, let's get on board this train and let's go where God wants us to go. You see, God's vision is never the byproduct of group think. Vision needs to be fleshed out in the group. It needs to be collaborated on. It needs to be developed with the group. But it's never the conception within the group. It's actually forged through the firestorm of encounter with God. And so when God called us, my wife and I and the team to lead Numa Church into its future, he gave us a vision to fulfill. We're building upon the past. We're believing that what God has done in the past is being built upon for the future, but God doesn't want us to repeat the past. And so before God begins a new move of the Spirit, he's always preparing a person. We recognise that what God has done in our lives, what he's done in your lives, he's preparing you for your calling. He's preparing you for your journey. And it's whether or not you and I recognise and have the discernment to align with the preparation process that determines the fruitfulness of what God has done in you in previous seasons. God always is taking you somewhere. He's always wanting to do something in your life. It's whether or not you discern it, you're aware of it, and you align with it. And so just as Nehemiah went to the remnants of Jerusalem and told them of that, hand of God that had been upon him for good, I just want to take a moment to share a few encounters in our personal journey that has actually informed why we're doing what we're doing as a church and where we're going because vision never comes in a vacuum. It always comes by God's intention for our lives. Back in 2005, when I was on staff at Careforce Church, I was in a prayer meeting and the Holy Spirit, to cut a long story short, asked me, Son, what do you want me to do for you? Now, can I just say, if God ever asks you that question, don't answer straight away. Because that's the too important question for you to just treat lightly. And as I'm processing the question, a man of God walks up to me and he says, God just told me to tell you that he's asking you, what do you, what do you want him to do for you? And so I knew that, let it be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, God's onto something. He's wanting me to pay attention to this. I began to pray, pour out my heart to God in that prayer meeting. And as I'm praying, literally this vision and picture of an elevated view of planet Earth came as I was pouring out the desires of God's heart that he placed in my heart. And I saw literally flames of fire being catapulted out from the city of Melbourne across cities and nations across the world, beginning to set those cities and nations on fire with the power of the Holy Spirit. That was all the way back in 2005. I had no idea of how that was gonna happen, what that even meant until we came into leading this church. In late 2017, we received a prophecy about a church approaching us and asking us to lead it. And about three or four churches from around the country asked us to step into leadership and none of it felt right until a conversation months later 
with the previous senior pastor of this church, Pastor David Dory, he looked at me and he said, I believe God's called you to lead this house in the future. And a process started and began and, and eventually we were commissioned as the leaders of this church. In 2018, on a plane trip to Perth, when we knew that we were coming into this role, the Spirit of God said, I want you to plant a church in every state capital city across Australia. And I remember hearing that and just being totally transfixed by this idea of churches being planted across Australia into cities. It's informing why right now we have Numa Perth that we launch later or in a few months. When preaching at Inspired Church at a conference in Sydney, I finished my ministry on the platform, walked off to the side of stage and a screen literally appeared in my spiritual sight in front of me and I saw each of our seven values of our kingdom culture beginning to scroll down in front of me. Prayer fuels power. God's word is our foundation. Love gives generously. Miracles are normal. Disciple making isn't optional. Uh, uh, church is a covenant family. Freedom is a responsibility. And with each corresponding value was a scripture verse that God was prompting me with. You see, our values are not just informed by you know some random idea. They're informed by a living revelation encounter with the Spirit of God in alignment with His Word. When Pastor Phil Hills, the previous senior pastor many years ago, prayed over me as we were coming into this role, and, and along with his wife, Barbara, I, I went out in the Spirit on his carpet in his lounge room, had some carpet time, and so there I was sort of hearing from God for about 10, 15 minutes, and in the middle of that encounter, God says, and I want you to rename the church Numa Church. And I knew it was the Spirit of God because my flesh didn't like the name. I'm like, I don't like that. Never heard that before. I'm not telling anyone that. I'm not letting that one out the bag. That was bad pizza the night before. I'm not saying telling people that. I don't want to cause controversy. I like the name Bridge. Let's just stick with Bridge. And he's like, no, I've called you to do this. And so I didn't tell anybody until the team starts going, you know what, we just feel that God has put a new name for the church on your heart. Has God been speaking to you about that? I'm like, no. And, and, and so, you know, we're, we're sort of processing this thing. And, and it was God drawing it out of others, that which God had revealed to me. And that's why today we're known as a church of the wind and the spirit and the breath of heaven, Numa Church, because it was birthed by the Spirit of God. At our first exec retreat, Back in early 2019, we're there in that room and we're praying and prophesying over each other. And as we're praying, God begins to show me images of the Arc de Triomphe in Paris and the brokenness of that city. Then he shows me Golden Gate Bridge and the brokenness of that city. And it lingered in my spirit. It wouldn't leave me. I'm like, Jesus, I'm trying to pray here, focus on the meeting here. I don't need these images. I'm not going on a holiday. What the heck is going on here? And God is speaking to me and he's saying, son, I want you to plant a church hub, a Newman Church hub in those cities. And all of a sudden, the four hubs began to form. Melbourne, Bangkok, Paris, San Francisco. That is part of now, now vision of where we're going. And it's like God was already at work long before we even arrived to lead this church. When I attended Youth Alive at Margaret Court Arena late 2019, I was there and I was watching all the young people come into the stadium. And I thought to myself, Gee, wouldn't it be great one day if churches filled stadiums and let's fill the MCG? It was a good idea to me. 
Why? Not because of any other reason other than there's a whole lot of people in our city that need to hear the gospel, that need to be restored out of their brokenness into right relationship with God. And no sooner am I thinking that, that the Holy Spirit says, what if what I asked you to do didn't fill stadiums? How would you feel about that? I'm like, what do you mean? What a, how do I feel about that? I'm not happy about that. Lord, don't you want to save all the earth and that none should perish and let's fill up stadiums? He said, son, what if what I asked you to do was to plant churches that transform cities and nations? Would you be okay with that? That's how God speaks to me. Because we serve a God that is in covenant relationship with us and wants you to partner with his purposes in the earth. And I said, God, whatever you want to do, I want to get on your page. He said, good, I've been waiting for that because you've got 200 churches in you, now go plant them. And immediately in that moment, it's like this intersection and synergy of all of these moments converge as I began to realise what God's heart and intention for this house, that over uh, 95 years, literally 150 churches have already been directly or indirectly planted out of this house and the Spirit of God is coming to us again and He's saying it's time, Numa Church, it's time to go and crisscross across the earth and advance the Kingdom of God like we've never seen it before. You see, none of these encounters occurred by accident. God is not a God of coincidence. He's a God of intention and purpose. And what God has birthed 95 years ago, he is calling us to build upon for the future. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision. Write it down. Make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. Many of us have had words spoken over us, dreams, things that God has scripted on our hearts. And we think, will it ever happen? Will it ever come to pass? Let me tell you, if God's authored it, he will perfect it in your life. What you author, you have to perfect. You're responsible to sustain. And I don't know about you, but we, our track record of sustaining what we author isn't too good. Have you discovered that? Jesus, the, the Word of God says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And so I want to get on God's plate. God, what are you authoring? What, you're the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. You're the origin of all good things. Every good and perfect gift comes down from uh, above from the Father of lights of whom there is no shadow or variation due to change. So if we're going to get on God's page, we're going to allow God to birth in us and through us what is in his heart. And so over this season of COVID and lockdown, as we've been processing behind the scenes what God has been showing us, we've begun to script and record and write down the vision that God has given to us. We want to present that to you today. Why don't you look to the screens as we look at our vision statement? So God's vision for us is to plant 200 churches across four global hubs that carry a spirit of revival to disciple cities and nations. And before you get cynical and skeptical and say it sounds like a pipe dream, can I tell you we serve a God that interrupts the story of humanity and does things that you cannot do and I cannot do in our own strength. You see, in 2019, Pastor Russell Evans prophesied a multiplication anointing on this house. He said what took 10 years would take one year, and what was done in 50 years would take five years. We've got to understand that we're living in a time of kingdom acceleration. And whilst it may take decades, literally, for that to become a reality, 
I'd rather spend my life, my days, my time, energy and resource pursuing that which is on God's heart rather than me spending a lifetime pursuing what's on my heart and regretting it for all eternity. You see, I'm very reluctant as a leader to attach numbers to vision, but where God directs specifically, we must align accordingly. 200 churches across four global hubs wasn't conceived in some sort of clinical test tube of a discussion in sort of a board meeting, even though we flesh it out, we unpack it, we collaborate on it around that board table. The reality is it was conceived in the heart of God and a creative transfer of God's spirit takes place where he deposits things in people's lives. And as Numa Church was birthed, in revival 95 years ago, he's called us to take that same spirit to every city, every nation that he has called us to. And when we talk about discipling the nations, we know whilst it begins with discipling our next door neighbour, introducing them to the love and power of Jesus, it must translate into us understanding that God's heart is for all the earth to be filled with the knowledge and glory of the Lord. And as God has worked in this house over 95 years and has used very ordinary but very obedient people, so too he wants to use you and I to be a part of shaping history for the many people that will one day walk up to you and I in eternity and say, I am here because you went and you served and you planted and you gave and you did something to make a difference. Who are those people that are going to be on the other side of the world that aren't even saved yet, but because we will go to them and we will go to the front line, will be in eternity with us because we were willing to serve, to give and to go to be a part of what God has called us to do. You see, Dave McCracken prophesied that God was preparing us for conquest of cities and nations. He saw a picture of a huge sale that we, we just said that, that God gave us, in fact, and, and that we began to recognize it's time to set our sail to the wind of the Spirit, to go where God is sending us. And so we want to up, unpack a little bit for this year in 2021 what God is putting upon our hearts. We're stepping into new territory. And for those of you who were a part of our journey a couple of years ago, we talked about how on each of our uh, um, vo volunteer and ushering t-shirts, there is the cities that our church is currently located in. And so we had the city, obviously, of Melbourne and the city of Bangkok. This year, we're able to add the city of Perth, which we're so excited about, launching just after Easter. But we want to let you know it's time to go to another city. And so... The city that God is calling us to plant in 2021 after much prayer and deliberation is the great city of Hobart in the state of Tasmania. And I'll be honest with you, whilst God's called us to be in every state, capital, city and territory, Hobart was not right up the top of the list. It wasn't. But how many of us know that Often what God's got for you isn't what you necessarily have for you. I've spent the whole message talking about that. And yet in that moment, I realised as I began to pray about another city, God said to me, son, that's not the time for that. It's time to go to Hobart. I want to take my spirit into Hobart. At the same time, God speaks to our resident prophet, Stacy and says, as she saw the spirit of Tasmania leave the dock at Port Melbourne and go to, out to the bay, the Lord spoke to her and says, it's time to take Numa into Tasmania. 
We hadn't talked, hadn't conversed. But when God's on something, he confirms it. He begins to speak it. He begins to bring all the pieces of the puzzle together for us to go where we need to go. And so after we deliberated about that, prayed about that, processed that, we're like, God, who will you send? Who do you want to go? God gives me a name. I just sit on that for a while. I let it linger. I pray over that. And then we began to process that. And so we want to announce to you today who the new location pastors are at New Hobart. Are you ready for that? Is anybody... Do you want to know? Do you want me to stop the sermon now and just let's all pack up and eat donuts, or what do you want to do? Um, so the new location passes for the city of Hobart. Get ready. Let's put our hands together. Pastors Joel and Bree Krigsman, our kids' pastors. Come on, you can do better than that. You may be seated. We are genuinely very excited about who God has called to take on New Mahobat. And Joel and Bria are not only wonderful people, they have wonderful kids, but they have such a heart for God, wonderful leadership gift. Um, Joel and Bria have served our church so well for many years now, particularly in the space of kids ministry. Joel's been our kids pastor, our global kids pastor. And so we're still processing and working out who will... Uh, step into his shoes and, and take the reins of that ministry. But we do know that God is calling this couple into their next season. And uh, they've had encounters with God. God's confirmed it various ways. I'm just wondering, guys, if you just want to share for a few moments your heart. Yeah, so to be honest, it was a real wrestle at the start when we were approached. A couple of months ago, we had, uh, like as Corey spoke, it wasn't our plan to plant a church. It wasn't on our agenda. We didn't feel like that was uh, part of our future. Um, but as we were approached, we, we began to pray and seek God. And, and there was a moment where we were praying and, and we just felt this supernatural peace uh, fall upon it. And it's in that moment that we knew that God was calling our family to Hobart. And so ever since saying yes, ever since like that step of faith of saying yes, we've just seen so many confirmations uh, of prophetic words. We've had really powerful meetings with um, Pastor Phil Hill as part of the eldership and, and Raf and, and, uh, and prophetic words from outside the church. And we've just been so encouraged to know that this is good for our family, but it's also really, really good for the church. Yeah. And, um, and so I've had the opportunity to visit Hobart a couple of weeks ago and um, we're starting to see seeds of a really powerful family ministry um, being started in Hobart. We're starting to see seeds of kingdom business. We're starting to see um, communities that are, are not yet reached and, and just the role that Ho Numa Hobart can play in discipling those people. We're, we're really believing that, that as we come alongside what God's already doing uh, through other churches in Hobart, that they're really, really going to see a revival of Hobart, a revival of Tasmania, um, and uh, an outpouring of his spirit. The people are so hungry for the supernatural um, already. And so we just know that, that as we physically go, Numa Global goes with us. Um, and so we really appreciate all your prayers and support um, in, in that. Yeah, it's been such an amazing, incredible, crazy journey that God has clearly brought us on. We are so incredibly pumped and excited for all that God's going to do in New Hobart and obviously advancing his kingdom down there. Um, but yeah, if anyone would like to know more or is interested, please do connect with us. Plug there to get on board the New Hobart train. Hey, that's awesome. 
You guys are really amazing, special people. Can we just extend our hand towards these guys? We're going to pray for them. Father, we just thank you for Joel and Bree, their beautiful kids. I thank you, Lord. I just feel on your heart for these special children, Lord, that, Lord, your grace would be upon them as they grow and learn of the story of how you called their mum and dad, Lord, to go to another state and plant your work and, and minister to people. Father, I pray, let the call and anointing of your spirit grow upon their own lives. I thank you, Father, that you've anointed, Lord, this young child, Father, with great authority to speak your word into people's lives. I see the seeds of even the prophetic that is going to be nurtured in her, that she will open her mouth and very accurate words of prophecy and knowledge will come from her, that there will be many, many people whose destinies and even brokenness is restored and reconciled and altered because of the words that come out of her mouth. The Lord says that you will cultivate the word of the Lord in her heart as you build it in your home, and she will grow up and emerge with an authority to call those things that are not as if they were. And so, Father, today, right now, in Jesus' name, we declare your favour, your protection, your provision, O oh God, and momentum of people and resource coming to them to build what is in your heart. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, one more time. Let's just honour them. Thank you so much. So on March 7th, we'll be having an information session as we get ready to launch this church later in the year. But not only that, uh, Disciple the Nations being our global mission ministry, we're actually aligning Disciple the Nations uh, in terms of our giving and offering towards that with our annual vision offering. It's important we understand that Disciple the Nations for all of our faith promise givers is not secondary or peripheral to our vision, it's central and core. And so to aid communication, to promote unity, to streamline our planning and communication. This year, we've decided to bring those two together. Pastor Rob and the team are available to answer any questions. But as we take up our vision offering in several weeks' time, we'd ask that you would be a part of giving generously uh, to the overall vision as much as your heart would be for Disciple the Nations. Numa West is an amazing location that's growing out in the western suburbs of Melbourne. And we're currently searching for a facility to lease and fit out. During COVID, lots of challenging dynamics with uh, venues shutting down and all sorts of things. They need a home. And so as we uh, were able to secure a home for East, and that will be fit out this year, we're believing that at least in the short term, we'll be able to find a permanent venue and lease that, fit it out, and really build towards the future. So we're asking you to get behind that, pray about that, give to that. Let's be a part. We're one family in multiple rooms. And so let's give expression to that vision. Newman College is in its second year. 21 students now belong to Numa College, and we have another 180 to 200 plus students who are a part of our leadership development pathway at Numa College, and we're excited about what's building there. Revival Conference is happening August 26 to 28. And we're believing that the international borders may or may not open. And so our guests are actually from overseas 
may or may not come, but revival will still happen and revival conference will still happen. And uh, we're believing that's going to be a great time. Register for that. Our Numa Care app, it will be available come March. It's all a part of helping increase our engagement with the community. It's needs. Uh, being evangelistically minded and focused requires that we leverage technology as well as courses like Sharing Jesus Confidently to help us grow in our evangelistic focus and zeal in what God's called us to do as a church. We are launching, as I've already said, Numa Perth just after Easter. It's going to be an amazing time. But also, we want to give you a little secret, little bird's eye view snapshot into where we are going next to plant a church in 2022. Now, the reason why we want to talk about this this year is because a ton of preparation needs to happen. And so we understand that there might be some individuals that God prepares and calls in 2021 to be a part of what we want to do in 2022. But again, I just want to point you to the screen because it's all part of building tension. So um, <laughs> let's look at the screen for the announcement. But come on, somebody. We're going to go to Numa San Francisco. What is it? I lost my heart in San Francisco. Is that a song? No? I found my love in San No, I found it right here in Melbourne. Um, you know what? San Francisco, we may look at that and go, awesome, let's ride our bikes across Golden Gate Bridge for the next 20 years. The reality is um, San Francisco has been one of the most broken cities in America um, for many years. It's very prosperous. It has a lot of, of uh, the um, tech industry and a lot of innovation, entrepreneurial capacity. But in fact, it's a very broken city. Many churches have tried to plant there and not survived. And God has not called us to easy cities. We're in Bangkok right now where sex slavery and sex tourism is the number one industry in that city and in that country. And God has called us to restore broken lives. And so too in San Francisco, there are many people right now that are really broken or really hurting. There's something like a 20, 25% vacancy in properties there. People are leaving the cities and going to regional areas because of all the challenges. It's not about a holiday. It's about a mission that God has called us to and we know that God will anoint and appoint various people to be a part of that. And so over the coming 18 months, we will be preparing to lay our feet on the ground of San Francisco and bring hope and life to a broken city. If God's vision is going to be fulfilled, what's been entrusted to one, God's called to be stewarded by all. And this is what happens in this passage of Scripture. The Bible says in verse 10, when Paul had seen the vision... Immediately, we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. You see, when Paul saw it, the team pursued it. What was entrusted to one was now shared by all. And it's so important you understand that church is not a spectator sport. Church is a body of Christ where every member plays their part. And unfortunately, in Western culture, churches often become more like a luxury cruise liner than a battleship. A luxury cruise liner is all about comfort and convenience. I've been on a cruise with our family before. It's awesome and amazing, but the boat just wanders aimlessly around the ocean, generally returns to its past, its destination. There's no missional focus other than 
helping people have a comfortable holiday. And that's not a bad thing when it comes to a holiday, but when it comes to your life purpose and a church's vision for the future, it's a dangerous place to be. We're not a luxury cruise line on Numa Church. We're an aircraft carrier that equips fighter jets, men and women of God, and equips them with the, the, the skills and an, an anointing and grace that they need to be able to go to the front line of mission and advance God's kingdom. God's called us to train leaders, to plant churches, to equip the believers to go to the seven mountains of influence, and you and I are a part of that. And every time we give, every time we pray, every time we serve, and every time we go, we are helping fulfill God's vision and heart for this house. You're a part of that. I'm a part of that. And so let's not operate and, and, and perpetuate a culture of a luxury cruise liner, but let's get on mission. Let's have fun while we do it. Let's rejoice and, and have the joy of the Lord as our strength as we do it. But let's also be purposeful and intentional about what God wants to do and where he wants to take us. We all have a part to play. And like the Apostle Paul, we will not be disobedient to the heavenly vision. And so over the next four Sundays, I'm going to ask you to prayerfully consider as you look at this vision brochure, as you consider giving into our vision offering, as you come each week and hear a little bit more about the heart and soul of this church for the future, that you and I together, as we build a currency of trust, both in God and between leadership and congregation, we would be a part of something historic that in generations to come, if Jesus doesn't return, they'll look back and say, thank you that you labored in your generation. Thank you that you gave in your generation. Thank you. I wanna get to heaven and see people I've never met before come up and say, because you planted a church in San Fran, Hobart, and Perth and beyond, I am where I am today because you were willing to make a sacrifice yesterday. So why don't you stand to your feet with me? We're gonna pray together. You might wanna get that card in your hand and we're gonna believe that God is gonna move powerfully over these next four weeks and beyond. Father, we come to you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. We honour you. We love you. We commit this vision you've given to us into your hands, but also, God, we have been entrusted with it. We will be good stewards of it. I pray, oh God, for an overwhelming response of generosity and servitude from your people, that, Father, we would have the heart of a servant. Lord, to pray, to give and to serve and to go even. Father, wherever you call us, I pray your blessing and favour upon every giver of every gift. And, Father, that as we gather together, Lord, we would see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we love you, we honour you, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said... Amen. Can we just honour God right now and just put our hands together and just honour the Lord? Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. 
Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.